to introduce our guest speaker. Uh, a lot of you know Josh, many of you don't, and those that don't know him, I want you to know him. I first met Josh Blizzard when I think he was two days old. <laughs> That's about right. He is the uh, son of my dear friend, Jerry Blizzard, and also Ann. And he's been very important in my life, uh, all of his life. He's the same age as my oldest son, and they played football together and did many, many more things together. And I want to let you know, he has had, he and his family has had a tremendous impact on this church. His mom and dad were a couple that, along with uh, Linda and Butch, that planted this church many, many years ago and has been a very important part of it since then. I, I just want to show you the impact that he had just this day. I want anybody that is related to Josh oh. in any way, if you would stand up so that the others can see kind of what an impact he has just on one day and back at the back. Thank you. Josh was ordained by this church in 2008. He is now a, planted a church in Henderson, Texas in 2008 and remains the senior pastor of that church to this day. I could say many things about him. Uh, his dear mom uh, continues to be a member of this church and is very active in it. His sister Becky and his sister Julie are here each and every Sunday and the impact that they have is enormous and most of you know about that and those that don't uh, need to know. Josh means uh, a great deal to me. I uh, had him in Sunday school when he was in junior <laughs> high and yeah. let me assure you, he's come a long, yeah, right. long way right. from, from that. Right. And he is a, a man that I am proud to introduce this morning as your guest speaker, Josh Blizzard. Thank you very much, Glenn. I'll tell a story on myself real quick. When Glenn was my Sunday school teacher, he and my dad were, were very, very good friends. And Glenn put up with us junior high boys, I think, as much as he could. And he finally got enough of me one day and put me out in the hallway. You know, and back then, if the teacher put you in the hallway, it was the kid's fault. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the, the teacher's fault. And my dad just happened to be coming down the hall to the bathroom. I was pressed up against the wall trying to hide in the paint, but never, never saw me. But uh, Glenn was a great, is a great man of God and uh, put up with us for for sure. So, hey, if you got a Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 16 in the New Testament. That's the back part of your Bible. If you don't know where that is, it goes Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. And while you're turning over there, I do want to take a sec to introduce uh, the parts of my family that are, that are here. This is my son, Jet. Jet, wave your hand over there. Jet is uh, 11 years old, uh, my running buddy, my mini-me, uh, fishing partner, basketball player, all kinds of good stuff. He's going into fifth grade, and his mother is actually a fifth grade teacher. And so next year, he'll have his mom uh, his mom as his teacher, so that'll be lots of fun. But my wife, Crystal, and my daughter, Macy, who's 17, they're actually in Galveston this week at a cheer camp. And my, my wife is actually the cheer sponsor. And so definitely pray for her, because if you know anything about cheer moms, they are 
they're crazy. But uh, can I say that in church? But uh, so pray for her for sure. Uh, she's down there taking care of them, and uh, and that's why they're not not up here for sure. But I gotta say, for me, you know, it's an honor to speak here at Christ Community. I get an opportunity to speak different places, and I've been with Becky and others from this church uh, all over the world, and and it's always an honor for me to come and speak here at my home church at Christ Community because there's such a legacy, like Glenn said, not just in my family, but in this community. And if you're new to Christ Community Church, know that this church has been making a difference in Ardmore, Oklahoma, and Carter County, and different parts of the world, literally for decades. And so you're a part of a church that has a great, great legacy of making a difference for Jesus Christ. And also walking in here this morning, seeing some of those uh, that have been here for a, for a long, long time and still serving. Like Glenn said, I remember David asked me the other day, how long have you been at Christ Community? And it was literally since the day I was born. But walking in this morning and seeing uh, Linda Morris, uh, who has served here at Christ Community year after year. She used to have us up here on the stage doing Kids of the Kingdom, and Cody Burns always stole the show. He was right up front uh, on the microphone. Uh, but Harry McClintock and Renee were our youth pastors and so many of those different ones. Uh, that, that really have continued to serve decade after decade, and I know many others. But I got to brag on your pastor real quick. Uh, Artie, I'll never forget, whenever he came to Christ Community, he, he came as a, as a youth pastor initially, and we were doing youth group, and Artie came in and, and uh, had a, 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 a radio player and put on a CD, and it was praise music, worship music. And here's Artie, who's just a few years older than we were, and just with his hands stretched up, praising Jesus, loving Jesus. And I got to say, for me, it was a real impact on my life to realize that I could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and seeing his passion and his love for Jesus really sparked something in me to not just know the right Jesus answers, but truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I know he's not here today, but I hope that you appreciate the man of God that you have leading you because he's been living for Jesus. Jesus for a long, long time. So, okay. Hey, saying that about church uh, and how much Christ community me meant to me, uh, in this scripture, Matthew 16, I want to talk to you a little bit today uh, about church um, and kind of answer that question, why church? Why should I be interested in it? You know, for me, I grew up going to church, grew up going to church here. I've always liked going to church. Um, even as a kid, I always liked being here, and I have no doubt in a, in a, in a group this size, we all had different uh, church experiences, right? Some of you, like me, you just always enjoyed it. We're in a good church. Maybe for others, you had real rough church experiences, right? Maybe for others, you have no church experience, but you're here, you're here today. Whatever that is, uh, uh, it's brought us to this place. But it seems like, and this is just my opinion, is in the world that we live in, in the world today, uh, being, being involved and being a part of a, of a church. And I'm not talking about people that, that aren't Christians. Of course, they have no interest in, in church until they are. But, but, but those that are followers of Jesus Christ, that love Jesus, sometimes the, the, the importance of being involved in, and seeing the benefits of being connected to a local church uh, can be lost. 
And we no doubt have uh, lots and lots of, of, of reasons for that. You know, maybe we say, man, I'm, I'm busy, right? I've got a hundred different things to do and I'm, I'm with you. You know, we got two kids and we're going from just this week alone. If we got back from church camp yesterday, my daughter had a softball tournament and they're heading to Galveston for cheer camp. And so we live in the same world you do, which is just one thing after another. So maybe you say, you know, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, but I just don't have time, I'm too busy. Uh, to be involved in a church. And I realize today I'm kind of preaching to the choir because you guys are here, right? Maybe we say sometimes church is boring, right? People just talk and talk, and I don't really know what's, what's going on. And I got to say, in my life, in my own personal experience, what I've noticed is when I'm excited about Jesus, uh, I find myself excited about church. Isn't that funny how that happens? But in my own relationship with God, when my relationship with God seems distant, then all of a sudden I don't seem quite as interested in being involved in a church. And, I, you know, you, can, you see that uh, is when we're excited about the person, we're excited about the event. You ever notice that in your life? I know that's true about mine. Let me show you how I know that's true. Anybody ever involved in Little League sports? Got any Little League parents in here, right? You know, you go to Little League games and Little League moms and dads are excited about, their, about going to the game uh, because they're excited about the person, right? You don't go because of the event. You don't go because the field is so nice, right? You don't go for the food, right? You're not necessarily going for the talent on the field. we be honest about that, right? I'm, I'm getting in trouble. There you go. Thank you very much. We don't go for the talent on the field, right? I mean, we're cheering for little Johnny, but little Johnny couldn't hit sand if he fell off a camel, right? Hey, thank you very much. But we're cheering our hearts out, right? Why? Because we're, since we're excited about the person, now we are all of a sudden excited about the event. Does that make sense? And so the same is true sometimes with churches. The more, the more I grow in my relationship with Jesus, uh, uh, the, the more excited I am to be involved in a local church. One of the things I think is true, and we do the same thing at New Life, um, is, is you know, broadcasting church over the, uh, over the Internet and seeing it on TV. And so sometimes we, it's easy to fall into the mindset that I don't really need to go to church to learn the Bible and learn about Jesus. And so it's easy to fall into a mindset of it's just me and Jesus, and I don't really need, I don't see the benefits of connecting with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Because more than any other time in history, we can read the Bible, we can listen to the Bible right on our Bible app, uh, we can listen to podcasts, we can listen to our favorite preacher 24 hours a day. We don't need to come to church to, to learn the Bible. In fact, we don't need to come to church to listen to Christian music anymore, do we? I mean, I don't know how it is here in southern Oklahoma, but I know in East Texas, uh, every station is typically Christian or country, right? Is that kind of how it is here, right? And so that's just sort of our culture. So we say, I don't really need those things. I don't really need to be involved and connected to a local body of believers because I can get some of these same benefits of learning the Bible or, or, or listening to godly music and growing in my personal relationship with Jesus Christ apart from being connected to a local church. So our question then is, why should I be interested, right? What, what, what are the benefits to myself and to my family? Why should I be interested in not just going, but being involved in a, in a church? So here we are in Matthew chapter 16. 
If you got a Bible, if not, I think they got it all up here on the TV screens. But in Matthew chapter 16, look at this. This is the first time the word church is used. And here we are, starting in verse 13. And it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man, that's Jesus, who do the people say that Jesus is? He's saying out there in the world, not, not church people, not Christian people, but the people that you're coming in contact with in the marketplace, at your job, who do they think I am? And look what the disciples said. It says, some of them replied that some say that you're John the Baptist, others say you're Elijah, still others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So look at this. They had different opinions about Jesus. Now, we're talking about here today about the church. We could probably go into our community or any community and ask, what's our community? What does the community think about the church? And again, like they thought about Jesus, we may get 20 different opinions, Right? They may say, well, the, the church, that's for women and children, right? I, I have no, no interest in that. Uh, it doesn't benefit my life in one bit. People in the world might say, well, the church, what they want, they need your money, right? They're going to get you in here, get you emotional, and then they're going to drain you dry, begging you for every cent that you got. Some maybe in the world would look at the church and say, well, look at this. The church, this is what we do on, on Sundays in the South, right? It's part of our culture that we do football and we do Jesus, and this just is sort of what we do in our area of the world. But look what Jesus asked next. He said, what, what, what does the world say about me? But then he says next, look here, but what about you? So now he's talking to his followers, not, not what everyone else thinks, but he says, what about you as my followers? And he asked, what do you, who do you say that I am? And that you there is actually plural. So he's not talking to one person, but he's talking to the group. So he's saying basically, who, who do y'all, right? Who do y'all say that I am? Simon Peter, you know, he's going to speak up. Says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, or meaning on this truth of who Peter said that Jesus was, on, on that truth, I will build my church. The first time in Scripture this word appears. I will build my church, Jesus says, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So the first time Jesus uses the word church, he says exactly what it's going to be built on. That it's not going to be built on how, how dynamic the preacher is, and you all have a wonderful preacher here at Christ Community. It's not going to be how great the music is, and the music is great here at Christ Community. It's not how nice the building is, and it's nice. It's not how much money is in the budget, and all those things are working. But he's saying it's built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen? That Jesus Christ is the center point, the power of every single church, that's what makes it go. Now, let's take a second and, and look at this, because even when we say the word church, there's lots of different things that come to our mind, aren't there? I mean, what, one of the ways, look at this, that we use church is what we're doing today, right? This church building, we, we gather together on Sunday. I mean, when you shook your kids and woke them up and brought them to, and got them out of bed, they probably said, where are we going in the summertime, right? And we told them we're going to church, right? We're coming here. 
and look at look on your sheet look on the on on the screen in Hebrews chapter 10 the Bible talks about the importance of what we're actually doing here this morning and the writer of Hebrews says that he says let let us not give up meeting together gathering together as a church as brothers and sisters in Christ let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing and look at this that word habit it doesn't mean that I'm, I miss a Sunday here and there because I go on vacation or whatever. It could be translated as deserted, which is the, the mindset that it's just me and Jesus and I don't really need a relationship with a local body of believers and be connected to a church. Look at this secondly. Maybe the word church can be used and we use it different times as, as us, right, as the, as the people, and so we don't just do church, right? But we are the church everywhere you go, right? You, you are the church, you're representatives of Jesus Christ. So when you go to your school, when you go to your job, when you go to the store or the gym, you are taking the church of Jesus Christ, right, to that, to that place. And so you've probably heard that saying before that they say, you know, we don't, we don't just go to church, right? But we are the church. And so the church is everywhere you go. The last way, look at this before we get into some of these things, just so that we define this word the right way. The last way that the word church can be used is the universal church, right? The, the, the worldwide family of God. You know, as Glenn said, I, I pastor a church in East Texas called New Life Church that my wife started, my wife and I started about 12 or 13 years ago. And, 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 and those of us that are, are, are gathering, there are those of them that are gathering together at church right now are a part of the same church as we are gathering together here in Southern Oklahoma. Amen. And not just us, but, but believers in India, in, in Haiti, in China, that we are part of a, a, a universal body of believers, not just here locally, but the universal church all throughout the world. So again, our question here this morning is why church? Why, why should I be interested, right? I mean, I got a relationship with Jesus, I can learn everything I need to learn on my phone or on my, on my tablet or whatever. I can listen to every kind of worship music I ever want to listen to. I can pray. I don't have to uh, uh, deal with imperfect people. It can just be me and Jesus, right? So what are the benefits? Why should I be interested in not only coming but being involved and connected with the church? Let me give you four things. Here we are, number one. And I don't know if you have a sermon outline or if they, yeah, here it is up here on the screen. Number one, let me give you a couple suggestions, some motivations for your Christian life. And again, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are here, but some motivations of why what we do is important. Number one, jot this down, because when I'm a part of a church, I'm a part of something bigger. Amen. I'm part of a worldwide movement that is, that is changing lives literally all over the globe. That I'm not just, again, a Lone Ranger Christian where it's just me and Jesus trying to impact a life here and there, but I'm a part of a worldwide movement that's doing things all over the planet. You know, I think about that over there in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 when the church was just beginning. And if you remember that time, the disciples, they were, they were in, in hiding. The, the followers were scattered. And no doubt those individual Christians had to wonder, 
Am I, am I all alone, right? I mean, I feel all alone in this fight. And is there anyone else that's, that has the same mindset and beliefs as me? And then if you remember as it went, the Holy Spirit fell on them at Pentecost and Peter was one of the first ones to come out of hiding and boldly spoke, right? Remember Jesus had just been brutally beaten and crucified and Peter came out and was telling about the same Jesus, literally putting his life on the line, something filled up in him and he spoke with boldness to the crowd about the same Jesus Christ. And look what happened in Acts chapter two and verse 41. <coughs> It said, those who accepted his message or those that surrendered their lives to Jesus, they were baptized, and about 3,000 of them were added to the number, their number added to the church that day. Now, I got, I got to just say, if I was Peter, the human side of Peter, he, he went out thinking, man, I don't know if I'm coming home or not, but live or die, this, this is what I'm going to do. And he goes out and 3,000 people respond and, and, they're, and they're all gathering together and, and looking at him. And I had to imagine he goes to, home to his wife and says, we got something here, right? I mean, I, I went out and I didn't know what was going to happen, but now we have an army of believers. We have a movement of people that are willing to lock arms with us, brothers and sisters in Christ that have come out of hiding saying, yes, we believe in Jesus and we're willing to put our lives on the line with you, Peter, to make a difference in the world. That all of a sudden they go from a small group of people to an influential church, amen? A church that can make a difference in a community. And what happens is when we realize that and we connect to a church, not just here at Christ Community, but around the world, we realize, man, I'm a part of something bigger. That I'm not just by myself, I'm not alone as a Christian, but I'm a part of something bigger. I'm a part of, of like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ. And one of the things that does for our life, it gives us boldness, doesn't it? then, man, I realize I'm not the only one living this way, but when I see others living this way, it gives us courage and boldness in our life. So again, one of the benefits of, of being involved in a local church is maybe you're here today and you're a student. Maybe you're in high school or, or, or younger, and you say, man, I feel like I'm the only Christian in my school, right? I'm the only one trying to live for Jesus Christ, and it's such an uphill battle. And then I come to a church like Christ Community, and I see other young people and they're praising God and they're living for Jesus as well. And it gives me courage and boldness to say, I'm not the only one, but I have a group of people that are with me living for Jesus as well. Maybe you say, man, I feel like sometimes as a parent, I'm the only person in the world trying to raise my kids this way. The whole rest of the world seems like they're raising their kids a totally different way, but, I, but, but we want to raise our kids to be followers of Jesus Christ. And you say, Man, I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like I'm all alone. Then you come to a church, right? Like Christ community, and you see other like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ they're willing to raise their for God the same way you are. And again, it gives us boldness to continue to live that life. boldness. Let me show it to you this way. I told you my, my, my oldest daughter, or my daughter, she's a, a softball player, and we were at one of her games uh, probably about a month ago when their high school season ended. And you know, at, a, at, a, at those games, typically all the fans from your team sit on one side, right? And all the fans from the other team, they, they sit over on the other side. 
And it's easy to cheer for your team when everybody else is cheering for the same group, right? And they're cheering for, for, but for some reason, this mother from the other side, I don't know if she came over to video her daughter or what, but she came from the other team over to our team and she was screaming for cheering for the other team on our side, right? What do you think all our fans are thinking? You got to go back with your people, right? You got to go back over there because we're cheering for our team over here. And, and look at this, when, when everyone is cheering and moving in the same direction, it energizes and, bol and, and emboldens us. And the same is true in our relationship with Jesus Christ is that when we gather together, one of the benefits of being committed to a local church body is it energizes our faith because we're cheering, we're moving our lives with like-minded people. Let me tell you the other side of that is if we decide... Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus, uh, but I, I think I'm a pass on church. And we're always in the world and never, never in church. Then sooner or later, we find ourselves cheering for the other team. Does that make sense? And our mindset, our thoughts, our priorities shift from the things of God to the things of the world. Number two, jot this down. Let me give you another reason. Uh, why should I choose church? Why is this important? Number two, because life is tough, isn't it? How many of you know life is full of, of, of ups and downs and twists and turns, isn't it? And highs and lows. I mean, I know whenever my dad passed away about 12 years ago, this church, this local church body, uh, was one of the things that helped our family go through that very difficult time. And so because life is difficult, I need godly people in my life right, before I actually go through something. People that I've built a relationship with, people that I've, I, I've built trust with. And so when I go through something, I have godly people in my corner that can rally around me. That whenever I'm going through something tough in life, we need godly advice, amen? Then man, how many of you know that whenever you're going through something, everyone, everybody wants to give you advice, don't they? You ever notice that, right? People you don't want advice from. They want to give you advice. And so everybody wants to give you advice. And so what I need is I need to have surrounded myself with, with godly people so that I can get godly advice, godly encouragement, godly help when I'm going through difficult times. And what I want to show you as we look at this scripture further, look at this, is the, the, the church, the, the church collectively ha has been given power by God to truly be able to help people. Look what happens next in Matthew chapter 16. And starting in verse 19, we just read what Jesus said about the church, first time that word was mentioned, of how the church was built on the rock of Jesus Christ and, and all the powers of hell won't overcome it. And look what he says next. He says, I will give you, talking about the church, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you collectively as a church, because that's what he's talking to. Remember, we said he's talking to, to y'all, to us. Whatever you as a church bind on earth will be bound in heaven, meaning heaven will back you up. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so one of the things we see in Scripture is that the church, one of the power, the, the benefits of being a part of a church is the church collectively has been giving the, given the power to bind and loose. And you say, well, that sounds, that sounds real churchy. What in the world does, does that mean? Well, let me show you what that means. Is the church has been given power by God to bind things like 
addiction, that not only through the power of the Holy Spirit, but the encouragement and the support of a local church body can help people find freedom and be unbound from some of those things like addiction, that, that, that the church has been given the power by God to, to overcome and, and bind up dysfunctional family legacies, the folks that have come to maybe say, my family was a mess and their family before them was a mess and the family before them was dysfunctional and maybe you're a first-generation Christian and in a, in a generation, not only through the power of the Holy Spirit but through the power of a church can help minister to every single part of your family from the younger ones to the, old, to the older ones and bind up those dysfunctional family legacies and in a moment change that direction. That the church has been given the power to bind up things like bitterness, depression. Uh, we have a, a lady at, at New Life. She uh, had been delivered, come out of the occult of de demonic possession. And now she wanted to uh, start a ministry to help others because she knew others that, were, that, that had been oppressed by the same thing. And so the church came behind her and said, we'll support you in this. We'll bring other prayer warriors along with you. And so through the power of the church, people, it's been, people have been able to bind up demonic oppression in their life. And we're seeing here in Matthew, that's what he said. That power's been given to the church collectively. That there's so many things that the power that the church collectively has been, been given power to bind up. Look on your sheet. What does is, what is Jesus say in Matthew 9? He said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the who? But the sick, right? That, that, the, that the church has been given unique power to be able to help people in our community and bind up things that have a hold of their life. And again, he's given this promise not, just to, not only to individual Christians, but to us collectively as a church. He also says in here, I'll give you the power to loose things. What is that talking about? To loose joy in our lives, even though we go through tough times. To, 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 to loose joy or, or hope in our life when tomorrow seems scary. To, to loose peace and, and freedom and, and healing in our lives. Yes, through the power of our relationship with Jesus Christ, but also through, through the encouragement and the support of our brothers and sisters in Jesus. And again, in my opinion, it seems like the world we live in as Christians, we're shifting away from the importance of a church and just taking on a me and Jesus mentality. But what Jesus is saying to us in Matthew 16, man, the power has been given to us collectively as a group. And he says, and heaven will back you up in whatever, whenever, whatever you choose to attack. Number three, let me give you this one. Jot this down on your sheet. You say, why should I be interested in church? Why is it important to me? Uh, why should I be uh, committed to it and involved? Number three, uh, because I, is this is because I can't fully obey God without it. I might get in trouble for this one. Y'all can email Artie on this one if you want. Uh, but I, it's hard to fully obey God without it. Is if I just take on the mindset of it's just me and Jesus, right? I don't want to deal with people. I just want to have a relationship with God where I love him and he loves me. And I really don't want to get into the messiness of being involved as a church. Look at this. The, 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 the Christian life is not only our relationship with God, which is so vital and so important but also our relationship with people. Let me show you this, some of the, the basic scriptures of the Bible. Take the Ten Commandments first, right? 
First four of the Ten Commandments talk about who? Our relationship with God, right? Put no other God before me. Don't use the, uh, God's name in vain. The last six of the Ten Commandments, and these are the basics of the Bible. The last six of the Bible deal with who? Me and my relationship with people, right? Especially my brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't bear false wit witness. Don't steal. You know, all those things that have to do with my relationship with people. So I'm only obeying half of the Ten Commandments if, I, if I've just got a me and Jesus mentality. How about this? How about over in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 22, when Jesus talks about the two greatest commandments, right? The two most important things we can do with our life. And number one, what does he say? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, strength, mind, everything, love Jesus. And you say, amen, I got that. I'm, I'm listening to my, my podcast. I'm praising Jesus in my truck. Me and Jesus, I got that. We are good. What's he say the second part is, though? The second most important commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Interact with brothers and sisters in Christ. And being a part of a church, being connected to a church, helps us obey God, not just at the greatest commandment, but the second greatest commandment as well. Let me give you one more. You know, in the Bible... There's 59 what are called one another's in the Bible, right? Things that say uh, love one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, right? All these things that have to do with our relationship with others. I'm not involved in a I have a hard time doing that. I, you know, the, again, the, 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 just the me and Jesus mentality seems uh, very, very distant from what the writer of Corinthians is saying because he's assuming that if we have a relationship with Jesus, we would just naturally want to connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think they would even think that it's strange for a person to have a relationship with Jesus and not want to be connected in one way or another with the body, right? Now, let me show it to you this way. You think about our human body, uh, a, a thumb on a body is not weird, is it? There's nothing strange about it. You don't get caught off guard if you see a thumb on a person's body. But if you're walking down the road and you look on the sidewalk and you see a thumb, right? Thank you. That's strange, isn't it? It shouldn't be there. It should be connected to some body, right? It shouldn't be there all alone. And so again, I think that maybe a little what, 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 what our, our, our culture is in the United States to fall into that mindset of, again, just me and Jesus and I don't want to deal uh, with the church or others is just so odd and strange to the writers of Corinthians that he's saying, man, if I love Jesus, of course I want to be connected to the body of Christ because it would be odd for me to be off without it. Let me show it to you this way because you laughed at my last joke, so I'm going to carry it on a little bit more. Anybody remember the Munsters? Remember that movie, right? And remember what they call it, the thing, right? The little hand that, 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 that just went. And, uh, and, and that, that was kind of, that would what it would be. I'm waiting on the slide. You guys are, are missing on me. There we go. Thank you very much. Hold on. All right. But that's what almost it's like. If I've just got a me and Jesus mentality separated from the body. This body doesn't ever reach its full potential unless every parts of the body are connected, right? Unless every parts of the body are, are working and using their gifts and talents. 
In fact, if you look at verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 12 down there, it talks about that and it says the body or the church is not made up of one part, but of many. You know, I'll show you this. When, when we started a, a church in, in East Texas, I tell you, there is a whole lot more that goes into a church than just preaching and singing. It takes so many people, so many committed people and connected people willing to use their gifts and talents in all sorts of different areas to truly be able to make an impact on a community. And the writer of Corinth, Paul was right when he said, it's not just one part. It's not just a preacher and, and singers and musicians. It's all of us obeying God with whatever gift and talent that we've, that we've got to make this local body of Christ have an impact on our world. And not only are all parts active and important, but all parts are united, right? Look what else he says over in 1 Corinthians. Uh, look at verse 25 and 26. He talks about this a little bit more and talks about in verse 25, there should be no divisions in the body, right? And you say, yeah, right. You know, church has always got this one gossiping about that one. They got drama all the time. Look here, here's, how, here's how, how he says we don't do that. He said, there should be no divisions in the body, but that it's parts, all of us, right? Again, it's not just the preachers and the saints. It's, it's all of us, the parts, have equal concern for each other. So one of the ways God grows us in, in being involved with a local church and, and with people's lives who are not, that are not always perfect and have, have messy things that I'm willing to, to humble myself and saying, I have equal concern for you just like I have equal concern for myself and my own family that I'm putting your needs before mine. And if you're going through something because I'm a part of this local body of believers, I wanna be there for you. And, and, and this really chops in half that consumer mentality. Sometimes it's easy to slip into in church, right? That I go to a church based on how does this help me, right? How does this church help my family? How does this church help me individually and help me grow? And if they don't, man, then I'm going somewhere else. But what the writer of Corinthians would say, no, part of being a part of a church is I'm concerned about you and you're concerned about me and you guys are concerned about each other. And that's what makes the body of Christ a powerful force in a community. He goes on lastly in there and says, if one part, meaning if one person suffers, Every part, every, the whole church suffers with it. So again, being a part of a church takes all the focus off of me and grows me in my relationship with Jesus because I'm now I'm concerned about other people. And he says, he says, lastly, if one part, if one person is honored, then every part rejoices with it. So I learned to deal with jealousy in my own life because we're not jealous of others because if a brother and sister in Christ is honored, we're all honored right? If one person is recognized, we're all recognized because we're equally a part of the body of Christ. So number four, last one, and I appreciate your attention. Here's what we're going to say lastly. Uh, and again, you guys are in church. I know you guys are living this, but just to encourage you to continue to stay committed and connected to, to, to this church is number four, why should I be interested in not just a relationship with God, but being involved in a local church? Number four is to leave a godly legacy for the next generation. To leave a godly legacy for the next generation. 
not just our own kids, but our grandkids and other kids that we see here in this church or the community that we can come and connect them to Christ Community Church. You know, for me, I told you at the first, I, I was born in Christ Community Church, right? I'm so very thankful for this church. Uh, my, my, my parents uh, brought me here. I know especially on my mom's side, she had parents that raised her uh, in church. And so that, that godly legacy was passed down through the family from one generation to the next. Maybe you've heard that, uh, what's the saying that they say, Christianity is only uh, one generation from extinction, right? Because God's plan is to not only pass down Jesus through the family, but also through the local church. Let me read you one last scripture and I'll be done. Again, I appreciate your attention. Psalms chapter 78, verses one to four. This is a psalm that was read uh, in the temple or in church. You know, some psalms are just uh, an individual in God. But this psalm was read collectively to the church. It was uh, uh, read by a guy named Asaph, who was the choir director. So he would kind of be like the, the worship leader in a church today. And look what he says. He says, Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm saying. He's saying, pay attention because this is important. He said, for I will speak to you in parables. That means illustrations. Look at this. He said, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories that we have heard and known, and stories that our ancestors handed down to us. That's what we're doing this morning, taking uh, 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 biblical scriptures that happened in, in, in times before, sharing them in church and, and growing in our relationship with Jesus. He said, we're taking those that have been handed down to us and look what he says lastly. He says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell them to the next generation about the glory of the Lord and about his power and his mighty wonders. So man, if you've been raised in church, you know how true this is, that those godly principles, those godly foundations were handed down to the ever uh, been around a kid, and I got an 11-year-old, you know, a kid's heart's like wet cement, isn't it? I mean, it's soft. You can write anything you want on it, good or bad. If you ever tried to write on wet cement, you can take a flimsy stick, can't you, and write your name on, the, on, the, the, on cement that's wet. But once that cement gets hard, what happens? You got to use a jackhammer, don't you, to bust that thing up. The same is true with our children, with our grandchildren. We have a very uh, uh, important opportunity to, to connect them to a church, to have them in church where their hearts are still soft and open and sensitive to the things of God. Because, man, as we go on through life, and this world is tough. We said that earlier, isn't it? And it's easy for hearts to get hard and try to, and then we got to bust that thing up like a jackhammer to try to seat Jesus in there one way or another. Not that God can't do it, because he, but he definitely can. But that's why they say that the majority of people come to know Jesus before they're 18 years old, because our hearts are still soft and sensitive to the things of God. So, man, maybe for you, you say, Josh, why, why church? You know, I love Jesus. I can listen to it on the radio. Again, I can, I can listen to it on a podcast. What is the importance of me being connected to a church? 
man, maybe you're here and you're a Christian. You say, not just for my own benefit, but for the benefits of my kids, for the benefits of my, my grandchildren, for the benefits of the next generation to pass down that legacy of Jesus to them. And so for you and I, what we say is, I want to make church a priority. Amen? I'm, we're all pulled in 100 different directions, and I'm right there with you. But I want to make church a priority, not for the glory of Christ Community Church, but for your own sake and for the benefits of your family, because I guarantee, and I'm a living example of it, those benefits will last for an eternity. Amen? Hey, as our worship team comes back up, they're going to sing one last song. And again, I appreciate your attention. I appreciate the opportunity to come and, and share uh, with you all here at Christ Community.